Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This segment is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery. How many times have you thought, there has to be a better way, while working through endless rent rolls and historicals? Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request a demo today at RedIQ.com. All right, today on the show, we have Andrew Cushman. Andrew, thanks for being on the show. Uh, good to be here, Kyle. Gary? Awesome. Well, if you can start by telling the listeners more about yourself and what you currently do. Yeah, I used to be a chemical engineer. Quit doing that to start flipping houses in California in 2007. That was great for four years, but it felt more like a different type of job. So learned, uh, got a mentor, learned how to syndicate apartment complexes in 2011. And since then, we've done about 2,100 units in Texas and the Southeast United States. Fantastic. Well, let's talk about managing the manager today. You know, so uh, let's say a newbie syndicator is looking to find and hire a third party property management company. What are the best practices for that? Well, what I found to be the best, especially like you said, if you're starting out in a new market, you just got your first big deal. What we did and what we do anytime we're going to a new market is whoever you got that asset from, and usually it's a broker, especially if you're in the beginning, it's probably a broker. So what I'll do, what we did and we can would continue to do is we say, okay, if you were buying this asset, who are the top two or three management companies that you would hire to come manage this thing, right? And then add them to your list. And then talk to all the other brokers you know and ask the exact same question. And so because one, it gives you a good excuse to talk to them and build a relationship. But then you say, hey, look, you know, I'm under contract and closing on this thing in a month. If you were buying it, who would you hire? So you build a list of let's say you know, six, seven, eight management companies. Then you take that list, you go do internet research, find out, you know, what their internet presence is, the properties that they manage, you know, do they have good reviews? Do the pictures look nice? And you'll end up ruling out probably half of them just by stuff, you know, you find online that you're not going to like, because that's going to, what your property is going to look like. Narrow it down to three or four, and then, then do phone interviews with preferably the owners of the company. Now, if you're talking to, if you're talking about a management company that manages sixty thousand units across the United States, it's probably not going to be the owner, uh, but whatever the highest level up person that you can get. We prefer mid-sized management companies where they're big enough, and, and to me, that's twenty, thirty thousand units under management, maybe ten, where they're big enough to have scale and experience and depth and knowledge, but not so big that you're just another line item on a spreadsheet, right? So we try to interview the owners. We narrow it down to two or three most at max. And then I fly out and do lunch or dinner with the owner and maybe even a regional or two. And then 
you know, but at, at once that's done, pick our horse and, and, and go with it and make it very clear that we're not just hiring the property to hand it off to you. We see this as an operating partnership because, you know, buying it's great and exciting. Financing it is, you know, that's good, but the wrong management can turn a great deal bad in no time. So. Yeah, I think that's great advice because I don't think people spend enough time really vetting that property management company, which is so, so important. You'll hear lots of third-party management nightmares, and part of the reason for that is not properly vetting them up front. Not, not, and, and also, it's not, it doesn't mean they're bad. It might mean you hired them for the wrong type of property that's not their expertise. Right? You want to make sure that your type of asset is what they are best at managing. So, Andrew, what makes a great property management company to you, and how do you help them get there? Because a lot of times, they might not be there. Yeah, you know, a, a great property management company... I mean, there's a, there's a, I would say, you know, there's a handful of things, but one is I, to me, it's, it's more of mindset. For example, the management company that we use, they will fire clients and they will refuse to take clients. So they're not looking to grow at all costs. They want to make sure that not only are, are they a good fit for, for the, the owner, but they want to make sure the owner is going to be a good fit for them. Right. So to me, that's a good sign, a, high, a management company that won't just hire anybody. Another good sign that to me is an indication of a good management company is if you're doing due diligence on a property and you're saying, and you're talking to that management company saying, Hey, I'm considering buying this. If they just give you good reports every time, that's a really bad sign. But if they come and say, Hey, you know what? We would recommend you don't buy that because of this, this, and this. They're in a sense turning down business, but they're doing it for to your benefit. That to me is a real positive. Also, it shows that they're not so desperate for business that they'll just take on anything. And then beyond those two things, the third thing I would say is just more of a partnership mentality that, you know, again, getting back to, you're not just going to be another, you know, you're not going to be property number 634 on their Excel spreadsheet. You are, you know, a partner, a client that they can grow with and, 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 you know, over time and, and, and share and work together as opposed to, Hey, we'll send you a report once a month. Don't call us, you know? Yeah. Really good advice. Maybe tell us about your biggest challenge you've had to face with working with a property management company. You know, the biggest challenge I would say is is managing renovations. Again, this gets down to who you pick. So fortunately, the management company that we work with, they do have in-house rehab management coordinators and they're very good. But still, for example, we're, we're buying 250 units right now. And there's three different properties involved in that. And each one is a different level of renovation. So even with a renovation coordinator, that's still a lot to figure out and like, how do we track it and make sure that everything is you know, being done to the right standard and that it's not you know, the right communication of, oh, well, hey, we said we're going to do this even. And then we find out, well, it's costing $2,000 more than we said. You know, I mean, there's so many moving pieces. And even with really good people involved, that can get complicated when it's not fully in-house. And so that's one of the challenges that we feel like we've been successful with, but we're still having to work too hard to manage it. And so we're, we're trying to figure out how to, you know, to improve that process. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Have you ever had a fire property management company? And, and what were the reasons behind that decision if you did? We have. And so we used to have two property management companies and we now have consolidated to one. Uh, the one being the one that we feel just doesn't, you know, they, they do an excellent job. They treat us like partners and they treat the properties as if they own them, right? The, the one that we 
fired. I think fired's probably too strong of a term because it basically just kind of get to the point where like, you know what? We think we could both be doing better. And the reason was they weren't they didn't do anything overtly wrong or or, or any particular poor performance or there's no no dishonesty and that not that, that's a big big one right there is in part of your vetting process is, is do the best you can to find out if the people in the company have you know created a culture of, of integrity so there was not you know none of those major red flags but we felt like after working with them for a few years that the, the term we kind of came up with is they were instead of proactive partners and managers they were glorified babysitters Whereas, yeah, they're, the staff is there and they're doing everything you're supposed to do, but it's more like check the box, be done, move on. And there wasn't, there just wasn't an eagerness or proactiveness or how can we really improve? And so we just, um, we gave note, you know, we, we gave them written notice and we kind of like when you say, well, yeah, we, you know, we broke up, but we're still friends, right? I mean, it was, it was that kind of, that kind of a separation you know, and then we just consolidated to the management company that we currently have, and, and that, that worked out for the better. So, And maybe share two of your best practices of, of, of how you manage the manager. One of our best practices is definitely, and, and, sometimes, and again, and this, is, this gets back to vetting the management company, because some management companies just don't know what to do with this and they can't handle it. They, they, they want the owners to just go away. We don't do that. We do almost a hybrid model where, yes, we're using third party, but we're very actively involved, not getting in their way with minutia, but just making sure the vision and the direction is spelled out and adhered to in that we're doing everything we can to empower the on-site staff to be able to do the best that they can. Um, one of the key things that we do to make that happen is we do weekly either conference calls or Zoom calls with myself the regional manager, the property manager, the maintenance supervisor, the leasing agent, and the maintenance tech. So the entire team is there, right? So the maintenance guy understands how his completion of work orders or how much he spent on the AC, fixing the AC, he understands how that impacts everybody else and how it fits into the big picture. Also, some management companies, it's dishonest. The other management companies, they see it as their job to protect the client by not letting the crap go up the chain, right? But as an owner, you at least want to know what's going on, right? You might not necessarily have to solve it, but you want to know. And what I found is if you get the entire team on a call at once, it's really hard for people to hide information from you because someone's going to blow it, right? I mean, you know, if you're on a call with just the manager or just the regional, they can think in advance and be like, okay, we won't say anything about this. I mean, you know, and again, they're just trying to maybe make your life easier. It's not necessarily nefarious. But if you've got six people on a conference call or a Zoom call at once, you can guarantee they, you know, they're not going to get six people to not slip up, right? So as long as you're good at asking questions, you'll get the truth, you'll get to the root of the matter, and then you can help them solve it. So we found that those calls, you know, with the entire team, and again, all the way down to the maintenance technician, really help us with asset management. That's great advice. I love it. I'm going to pass it over to Kyle to finish this off. All right, Andrew, what is your asset management superpower? Uh, I think I just described it, actually. And that's uh, getting in and being involved with every member of the, of the team, but not in a micromanagement minutiae you know, type way, right? So, for example, if we're on a call and they start asking, you know, we, and somehow the conversation gets to the lady in 54A who's not paying rent, we don't want to talk about that. We want, you know, we, we want to talk about, 
okay, what are our goals for the year? What are, what are your personal goals? You know, are you hoping to go on, you know, take a certain vacation at the end of the year? Okay, cool. Well, how can we help make that happen? Right. But having the team gel, having them know what the vision is, what the end goal is that, you know, we're not going to sell the property in six months. Right. Cause that's, that's one downside of being a property manager is you're always worried about, Oh, we sold the property. You don't have a job. So, so we were very transparent. And so we, we built a tremendous amount of of loyalty and our managers act like they own those things. And, and that shows in, in how they run them day to day. So I think that's our asset management superpower is, is, is being able to partner with our third party management in somewhat of an unusual way to get you know, everybody on the same team and function as if it was in-house and vertically integrated. Yep. So important. And lastly, where can people find out more about you? Uh, I'm on all the usual social channels, but probably the best way is just go to, if you Google Vantage Point Acquisitions, uh, we'll be the, we're, we're the top result. The website is vpacq.com. Uh, there's a tab on there about our mastermind for uh, investors who are looking to scale into multifamily. And then of course, uh, you can contact us and there's a couple other contact us forms on there that you know come to my inbox if you want to have a conversation or uh, explore further. Perfect. Well, we appreciate you coming on the show. And to all our listeners, this is actually going to be our last episode that airs on the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast for the Friday episode. We're actually moving it over to Asset Management Mastery. So starting next week, this will be on Asset Management Mastery. Go ahead and like and subscribe and review that so we can continue to grow that audience as well as our Monday show. We appreciate everyone for tuning in and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to AssetManagementMastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.